Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Ask For Podcast. A little bit early this week, uh, just works out better uh, for us. Uh, so it is Monday night, uh, December 6th, uh, during right at halftime of Monday night football here. So, um, you know, if you listen to this, you know, normally on Thursday or, or Friday, um, there could be a couple things that come up uh, that we talk about that haven't happened yet that you might think, well, what the heck, stuff's already happened. But it's not Monday night, uh, December 6th. Um, Again, thanks for everybody that does listen. Uh, hope everybody's having a great uh, holiday season. I know uh, it's just getting busy that time of year, ra everybody wrapping things up for the holidays uh, and then ready to enjoy that time. Um, kind of a, a big week uh, sports-wise, you know, obviously uh, really the number one thing is, is the Iowa football team uh, losing to Michigan 42-3 to uh, Saturday night. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, Trevor, I did not watch one second of it. Just, you know, this last weekend I, I was deer hunting and then I'm um, just kind of hanging out and kind of out in the middle of nowhere. There's no TV or anything. And then I actually drove to my parents' uh, house and, and stayed Saturday night. But I actually I was listening to Iowa State basketball, which probably is the most surprising, one of the most surprising things in, in the last several years for people in Iowa ever is the success of the Iowa State basketball team so quick. Still undefeated, big road win Saturday night at Creighton, uh, ranked number 17 coming into this Thursday Cyhawk game. We'll get to that later. But so I listened to that on the radio instead of the Hawkeye game. I already knew, you know, I've fallen it on my phone and stuff. I, the score was already, you know, it didn't look good for Iowa. So I just chose to listen to the Iowa State game. But um, what did you see? I mean, obviously, I followed it. I've seen all the highlights. You know, the, the, the question marks and the disappointment and everything, it really all centers around the offense. And we, we've talked about this all year, whether it's the offensive line, which actually, from everything that I've heard, wasn't horrible on Saturday night. I mean, they did an okay job of not letting Hutchinson just disrupt everything. But, you know, they started with, you know, Petrus went to Padilla. It wasn't good either way. The Iowa defense did get a couple turnovers there in the first half. Just their offense just couldn't do anything. And obviously no, uh, no touchdowns on the game. Kicker missed a field goal, which doesn't usually happen. So just very uncharacteristic. Um, of the Iowa football team. Uh, what did you uh, see about uh, Saturday night? A bunch of our friends were there and everything. Uh, but what did you see Saturday night uh, with the Iowa football uh, team in, in the Big Ten Championship? For the first three quarters, it was really a pretty close game compared to what the score said. And the score was 21 to three at one point. Uh, Michigan had two big touchdown plays back to back, actually. It, but if you take those two plays out, it's a much closer game. But you know, those plays happen. So it is what it is. Iowa's first drive, they they just missed on a trick pass play. And it would have been a touchdown on their, like I said, their opening drive. And then Chudak missed a 33-yard field goal. And I got to be honest, when he missed that field goal, my gut feeling was game over. Iowa can't afford to give away three points like that because the offense is, is just so bad. But again, 21-3, they kept it close. The only thing that I wonder about in the game and this isn't me arguing or complaining about the decision. Late in the third quarter with about two or three minutes left, Iowa had a fourth and three from the Michigan eight. Iowa decided to go for it. It felt rushed. It didn't feel like they really had a good play set up. Um, felt like they just guessed like, okay, I guess we're going to go for it. Right. I almost wonder if they if they kick the field goal there and get it, make it 21 to six. I know that it's, that takes it from a three score game to a two score game. Touchdown, extra point, touchdown, two point conversion, 15. Right. But if Iowa, if Iowa makes that 21 to six with about 17 minutes left in the game total, does that start to put a little pressure on Michigan and do the coaches and players go, here's Iowa doing their thing again. They just hang around and do they get a little timid on offense? Does Iowa maybe force a quick three and out, maybe another turnover, score a touchdown. But again, that that's, I'm not arguing with the, the fourth and three. I totally get it. I just wonder maybe if they do take the field goal there, does that may change the game a little bit because after Iowa didn't get that, it was just felt like it just took all the wind out of Iowa. 
Yeah, I mean, and I, then obviously I, Michigan on the run. Yeah, I mean that's, and then you know, you know, obviously, I, you know, you're you're down, you know, three scores. You, if you think you have a good play, if you had a good drive going, uh, you know, it, it's really hard when you're that close and you know you struggled to not get a touchdown all game that you want that touchdown. You feel you need that touchdown. But like you said, getting it to, you know, only a two-score game. I'm now obviously a lot, you know, not quite two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, but real close to that. It just changes. And and everybody, you know, you can say what you want, but Coach Ferentz and Brian Ferentz, both, they know what they're doing. They have that, you know, fourth and short play or, you know, if it's fourth and three, you know, you, you have your your two or three two-point conversion plays that you have, and that's essentially that's what that would be, you know. Right. So they have their plays that that the team knows they're going to run, the third they know they're going to run. Obviously, it didn't work, and that happens. But, yeah, you just, you know, and I, w- I was listening to some people today talk. Like I said, I did not watch one second of it, so I, I can't say one way or the other, but just overall – you know, Brian Ferentz is getting the heat of this. Um, but is it a quarterback talent issue? Is it an offensive line? I mean, you can't say the talent's not there because they have an All-American center, you know, best center in, in football. Well, the, the offensive line, Glendenbaum is probably the best offensive line in the country to right. position. But he's only one out of five. He's just one guy. Right. The This is not overall one of the better offensive lines that Kirk's had, but also – uh, not one of the better quarterback groups we've had and, right. and receivers, they have their moments, but uh, yeah, that, that kind of worries me going to next year. There, there's a lot of starters coming back, but my, I'm kind of getting sidetracked here in the bowl games and stuff. If I wins a bowl game or not, that that's fine. But I'm, I'm more concerned to one of these quarterbacks or somebody new step up and does the offensive line take another step going into next year. But that's, that's looking into the future. Right, and, and that's kind of where this this was going, this conversation. Um, I actually think it was Tyler Kluver at Washed Up Walk-Ons was on a radio show, and, and he's like, you know, is it a coaching issue or is it a player issue? You know, just like, you know, everybody says, well, they only they didn't score a touchdown, and but like you said, and, and he was talking, you know, they had the Gavin Williams to uh, the fullback, Potabon, that was a touchdown mm-hmm. if it's completed. Well, that's not on the coach. The, the, the coach drew it up the way it's supposed to. It was open. You have to execute it. You know, it was a good yeah. play. It was- Absolutely. Um, you know, everybody was giving Brian Ferentz the, the call of the year on the, the pass to uh, a touchdown in, at the Penn State game. Um, it was executed. You know, if that's an incomplete pass, what are you doing running the ball there or uh, passing the ball there? It should have been a run. You know, so there is an execution element to this. Now it's very fair to say that they have a new O-line coach that is, I think this was his first year. Um, Is he doing it the way that the Ferentz have always done it and want it to be done? Now that's a different question. You know, um, obviously with the off the the quarterback, you know, I I believe Ken O'Keefe, the old offensive coordinator is the quarterback coach. So obviously he knows what Ferentz wants out of a quarterback. But maybe these guys just don't have the ability to do what they really would like to do. And so they're kind of stuck doing this. You know, those are all questions going into the future that, yes, Brian Ferentz is, is going to take the heat, and he will. I mean, he's not going to back down from it. But it's not all on him. I mean, sometimes you do have to look in the mirror and the players have to play a little bit better. And then, then the other question is, is the offensive line getting coached the same way as they've been since it's a new coach? Is the quarterback room getting coached up as well as they want it to? You know, I mean, those are different, like you said, getting off track a little bit, but those are questions that need to be answered. And, and we'll find out in the future, you know, Ferris doesn't make a lot of changes on the staff. He has, but not a lot. And, you know, you got to be thinking that they're going to be in the transfer portal portal for a quarterback uh, if one presents itself to them. Uh, because obviously Deuce Hogan is transferring. 
that's a whole nother thing. Have you been on Twitter and seen that uh, deal with Duke, Deuce Hogan's mom and stuff? I haven't. I'm not. I haven't been on Twitter in about three or four years. But I, I didn't. I heard that he was transferring, and I'm sure. Yeah, it seems like uh, for whatever reason, a lot of family members, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, like to get on Twitter girlfriends and it doesn't seem like it usually helps the situation it seems like from what i read and hear it, it makes it worse yeah it, it it's, it's uh I, I i don't remember what it said but did ferent say something in a press conference about hogan not being ready to play or something and um he if he did i i don't remember yeah, that, that you know that i don't either but, yeah i mean Ferentz it was gives about the same responses a lot so he he might have just said that and Maybe Hogan and the family, they, they took it personally or who knows yeah, they, what. They but, did. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, like I said, I haven't been on Twitter in a long time, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by any of that at all. That's what Twitter is. Yeah. I mean, it, it was uh, very interesting, but, and, and again, you can say what you want. The Ferrets, you know, they want to win. They're going to play the best guy. I mean, I, I truly <laughs> believe that any coach that doesn't play the best guy just because of some reason is just nuts. I mean, those guys are paid to win football games. They were in a position to win the big 10 championship. If they didn't play the guy they thought would give them the best chance, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And, and back to that game, like I said, the, the final score, it, it was a little bit closer than that for three quarters. Obviously the fourth quarter, Michigan took over. They put it on Iowa and, you know, we can move into, maybe the playoff if you want, uh, and then maybe the Iowa and Iowa State Bowl games, however you want to go about it, yep. and some other stuff we got yeah, to talk about. I mean, I say, you know, we go to, uh, you know, the playoff. Excuse me there. The way it all worked out, it actually didn't really matter what happened on Saturday. Um, there was gonna, there was really no chaos to be had the way it worked out. Um, the teams that won the games – all I did is change the order. And, and I, I don't, you could, you could make an argument that Michigan maybe should be number one. Uh, and then maybe Alabama two, uh, Cincinnati three and, and, and Georgia four, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, but it really doesn't matter. But Alabama beat the better team. So well, that's the thing. Alabama has, Alabama now has the best win. Now there is an argument to be had. How good is Georgia? Yes, they're undefeated. Yes, they had an unbelievable year. Their best win is Kentucky. You know, the, the Clemson win doesn't is they went nine and three. They didn't play, you know, the big teams out of the, the West. They hadn't played Alabama, you know. So there's question marks there that weren't there last week because of the way Alabama won. Not necessarily because Alabama won. No one is shocked that Alabama won that football game. But they scored 41 on the number one defense and the number one defense wasn't even close um, to looking like the number one defense. Alabama just showed that I, I, I can't argue with Alabama being number one and being favored to win the whole thing. No, I agree. And Alabama put on, if you're right. I mean, Georgia's defense was on a record pace uh, up until that game. Right. And they got up to nothing. And it looked like, man, they, this really might be the real deal here. And then what do we know, uh, just like tonight with the Patriots leading uh, as we're doing this, I mean, the Patriots in Alabama, when it comes crunch time, when it comes to the end of the season, here they are. And the only thing I was hoping for, and I, and I knew it wasn't going to end up this way, I, I knew Alabama would probably be one, Michigan would be two. I was hoping that they would uh, put Georgia versus Alabama, just so we don't get a SEC national championship game. But that's that's obviously now a possibility because – if both those teams win, obviously they're going to face each other in the national championship. I just don't think they could do that since they just played, you know, I, uh, I get I, it I just, the, with the committee though. It's, I get what they're doing. The committee is supposed to put the best four in the four order. Right. So I, I do feel like Georgia's a better team than Cincinnati. Right. Well, I, I so, do. I agree too. And then you have the but, whole, and this is complete com conspiracy. When I saw that score, and again, I did not watch one minute of it. Kind of the same issue with the Iowa. Um, followed it on my phone and everything, but but I didn't watch one second of it. Is that just Georgia taking a dive? I mean, you don't say that, but taking a dive so they can get two SEC teams in the playoff. 
I mean, because you knew that was going to happen. If Alabama wins, they're in. Georgia was in no matter what. I mean, it had zero. You know, it didn't matter. They got beat by a lot like they did. One or, you know, so, I mean, that's just kind of funny. And and SEC just getting whatever they want all the time. You know, it didn't matter with Oklahoma State losing. They The Big 12 was out as soon as that happened. And I don't think they're going to put Notre Dame in with a new coach. And like, yeah, I mean, just tough for them to do now it. They, they hired their guy. And, you know, I, I think, you know, if it would have been very interesting to have the two, if it had been a really close game, Alabama wins by a field goal or uh, Georgia wins by a field goal. And you got a two loss Alabama team versus a one loss Notre Dame team for the number four spot. That would have been a little interesting to see what they do there. It, it would have been, and maybe the committee would have punished Notre Dame for not being in a conference. Maybe it would have right. been a, you know, kind of a slap on the wrist, so to speak, like, hey, maybe it's time for you guys to join a conference. Right. And, and I, I, I really think they would have. I think they would have won Alabama. But that's like two of the biggest programs in football. It wasn't, it wouldn't have been like Oklahoma State versus Alabama or Oklahoma State <laughs> versus Notre Dame, where it's uh, not a number, not a name brand versus that have been two of the biggest names in football. Who do you put in? Yeah. yeah. And, and you can argue what you want. Notre Dame's only loss is to the number three, Cincinnati. You know? Yeah. And I, I typically stick up for Notre Dame most years, but their schedule this year was pretty weak. Right. Right. And, and and they did lose to Cincinnati. So, but as we, as we talked about before, this would have been a really good year for an expanded playoff. It would have been fun. Mm. All the different possibilities, teams hosting games at their home stadium it, it would have, it would have been a fun one but yeah i mean that's, you know i that. saw you know they, they released the 12 team bracket you know where the f- first four seeds get a bye the, the top four that were playing in the playoff get a bye you know notre dame was is hosting number 12 was oregon ish i can't remember yeah some, I, I think i saw it earlier too yeah. but it, it was it was fun to yeah think about what the matchups could have been yeah, I mean, you look at what's happening right here tonight uh, in Buffalo, that weather, um, you know, that could be at South Bend next Saturday or, you know, most most of the teams are from the south-ish. Utah could have – not necessarily going to be that cold, but it could be snowing and windy. You know, Utah's not going to be super cold, uh, but the weather might not be good. You know, and obviously they're the 11 seeds. So they weren't going to – they weren't going to host it, but – in the future they could, you know, so it's just interesting. And, you know, essentially the committee, the only question they had was what number you put by the four teams. The four teams were in once Saturday night was over. The playoff was decided. It's just who was going to play who. Yeah. One and two, I think Alabama, Michigan, those yeah. two seeds were decided. And then it was just, who do you put at three and four? Right. And then, and really did they want to, I mean, I think really what it came down to, did they want to put Georgia and Alabama again next, you know, and, and again, it's not next week. So them playing back to back wouldn't have been a huge deal, uh, but that was, that was really their only question. Do we put Alabama and Georgia at one and four? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think Alabama is obviously going to beat Cincinnati. I'd love for Cincinnati to win, just to get a new oh, team yeah. in there. It would be awesome. And for Michigan and Georgia, I don't know. I I see Georgia's favored by seven and a half. Yep. I think I'm going to bet Michigan. My gut I, feeling is I think Michigan can beat them. Maybe I don't know if Georgia's been tested as you brought up earlier until really they played Alabama and Michigan's really good this year. They're almost undefeated. They probably should have won that Michigan State game. So I think Michigan's got a chance to beat them. It's going to well, be I, tough, but I agree. I bet Michigan's on Michigan good. plus seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, if I had a bet, I'd bet. I mean, I'm not going to say it would not shock me that Georgia wins a football game, but yeah, seven and a half mm-hmm. is a lot. Now Alabama, ten and a half 14. over Cincinnati. But, Was it ten? I saw fourteen to begin with, but maybe okay, it knows. might be. I, I thought I saw ten and a half, but it doesn't matter. That's going to be a big spread, and we'll see if Cincinnati's up for it. I mean, that's really all that is. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch it. We got two new teams in there. Yep, Michigan, Cincinnati. Hopefully one of them can win. It'd, it'd be awesome if they both won. Uh, imagine a Michigan versus Cincinnati national title. Oh, it'd be, it'd be awesome. It would be. I mean, 
they're not that far apart geographically. Right. Uh, two of the oldest stadiums in college football. Um, I think we've talked about before. Cincinnati's got kind of a unique old stadium, which yep. that's got nothing to do with the national title game because we'll be playing in well, and right or, right or wrong, you know, if, if that game would happen, you would talk about Fickle being an Ohio State guy. I mean, that would be the story. I mean, he played there. He, I think he's from Columbus. He played at Ohio State, coached. I mean, that would be the story. Uh, you know, obviously, maybe he always wanted to go to Ohio State, but guaranteed Michigan would have recruited him, you know, and and that'd be the story. And then, obviously, Cincinnati, uh, you know, being a group of five member right now, but knowing that in a year or two, they're not going to be a group of five member. Uh, that would be the other story there. Um, you know, just kind of wrap up coaching uh, a little, actually some interesting stuff last night and into today, you know, Brent Venables, uh, Clemson uh, defensive coordinator who had to have turned down many jobs over the course of the last probably 20 years. I mean, really, I mean, no doubt 20 years when he was a D coordinator at Oklahoma and then all of the last 10 years as a defensive coordinator at Clemson. Every year he could have had a job, I think. I mean, if he would have wanted. Yeah, um, obviously, just not every year. Yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't want it. Um, now he was getting paid, you know, $2.5 million a year at Clemson. So really the only jobs that pay that much are Power 5 jobs. And, and now they're all four, five, six, seven. 10, $12 million now, but over up until the last just couple of years, two and a half million dollars would get you. Most of the coaches in college football don't make that um, until the last few years here. So, but he takes the Oklahoma job, not a surprise. Um, little surprise. The only question I have with that is I think, you know, obviously they were looking at other people. Uh, you don't know who all that is but I think they could have hired him sooner if that's who they really wanted. So you have to assume that he wasn't their number one choice just because it did take a week where Clemson wasn't playing in a championship game, you know? So, I mean, you think they were going after Campbell. I think there was, yeah, I'm sure, I'm I'm sure there was a phone call Um, from everything I've heard and everything is he kind of didn't showed no interest. Um, you know, and, and if you listen to, he had a, a teleconference today about the bowl game and stuff, you know, he kind of came out and said is, you know, you never heard anything from me other than I'm going to be at Iowa state, which is true. I mean, from him and from his camp, um, you haven't heard a, a huge extension or a new contract yet. Now I'm sure it's in the works, but it's not like he, you know, was offered this from USC or Notre Dame or whatever and demanded this from Iowa State. And so he, Iowa State matched it and he's staying. You haven't heard that. So, you know, and like, I know we talked about this last time, but it's just, I just love to know what really happened. And I don't care at all. Was he the number one choice and turned him down? Was he number two and really, you know, had a discussion with them, but just never was offered the job? on any of them, whether it's Washington, USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. And, and here, you know, everybody thinks the coaching carousel is over. Oregon's coach, Mario Cristobal, goes to Miami. Oregon's a great job. Um, got Nike money. It doesn't feel like Campbell. That doesn't feel like Campbell. No, it, it doesn't. You know, I, I really don't think. But, again, who goes there? I mean, that's that's the domino. Well, I got it. I got a name for you, and I don't know if you saw the news or not. We talked about this last week. Joe Brady got fired from the Patriots. Yeah, that that that's that's kind of you know the Oakland. We kind of talked about Matt Rule and Joe Brady going together to Oklahoma. Well, Matt Rule fired Joe Brady this week. <laughs> yeah, or he might have been forced to. But I I was going to bring that up as we kind of move into that spot. I think yeah. for Joe Brady, there's only one head coaching. There's only one school open right now where he would probably take a head coaching job. That'd be Oregon. That'd be one, that'd be one heck of a job for being a first time head coach. He's only 32 years old. Um, I I think, I think where he goes, I think he might go down to Miami with Cristobal because he's from there. Is he from there? And then then I've heard that, you know, the Oklahoma guy, you know, actually he's going to, it's almost like, Hey, Matt, come fire me or I'm going to (laughs) resign because I've got every job in college football that I can have. 
because as we as of right now, LSU is still looking for an offensive coordinator because Tommy Reese is staying at Notre Dame. So he could go back to LSU. Um, yep. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I'm, Oklahoma, Miami, Miami, um, you know, whoever Oregon gets, I don't know who that is going to be, but that would definitely be, maybe that. And if, if I was Oregon, you have to be thinking now, I don't know how that relationship ended when he left, if he did it the right way and everything, I think it's the same athletic director, you know, it's almost like, you know, he had us going. We've been really good since, but we just haven't been that good playing for national championships like they did with him. And he's been okay in places. I mean, he hasn't done horrible um, anywhere, but he hasn't quite had that magical touch either. That reuniting would be really interesting and see if it would work again, in just my opinion. So you, you cut out the last about 15 seconds. My internet's a little slow, but I, I think I caught what you were saying. If they reunited, it'd be an interesting. I, I, I think goes. that's just because I don't know who I, I think that is a really good job. And I, I think, it, but it's different, you know, or you're up in that area of the country. It's different up there. It's they're not super football fans. I mean, they will be when you win and stuff, but it's not, you know, like you said, the West Coast isn't football crazy like us here in the Midwest. Uh, it's USC when they're good, and that's about it. Otherwise, it's really it's really tied to the city and the state, and that's about. I mean, so Oregon's it's going to be tough. I I understand why Cristobal left. He played at Miami. He won a national title there, I think, as a player, maybe two. So. If yeah, Christopher one or two, and, and coach and there, and maybe Joe Brady does join him. But if they can. And get you know 70, 80 percent of the roster from that state. They Miami could be back, USC could be back. Um, you know, not maybe not fully like we saw in the early late 90s or 2000s, but it'd be fun if they did. It'd be nice to get some new teams. Well, in the if, mix. How about I mean, this is I read this today. Miami has never won the ACC since they joined the conference. Well, I think they got a chance now because. I'm not saying Clemson's done. They're they're not done as long as no. Dabo's there. I mean, they're going to be okay. They're going to have their probably some ups and downs. They're not going to be on like an Alabama run. But if if Cristobal gets the right people in there and the right coaches, uh, Miami can win the ACC. You know, maybe they'll go on some spurts. Maybe every other year they'll be battling with Clemson. But yeah, that's interesting. Right. I, didn't, I didn't know that stat since they joined. They've never won it. No, and. Uh... In fact, I don't know if they played in the ACC title game. Yeah, maybe not. They've, they've kind of went through some coaches. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, Florida State a few times. I think I think they're in the same division with Florida State and Clemson, so that doesn't help your situation. Yeah, and then probably Virginia Tech, uh, North Carolina, even North Carolina and Duke had a couple. I don't think Duke yeah. ever made but North Carolina might have one year. I can't remember. I think but. Duke made the title one year. Game. They might, yeah, that might have been the Daniel Jones's year where mm-hmm. we'll, yeah. uh, we'll get we'll get in him later. But so yeah, yeah, but that it, it's interesting because now there's a there's a chance that USC, Miami, and we'll see what happens with Texas. But if two of those three schools can really get back toward the top, that that'd make it for it make the college football a lot more interesting because we know Alabama and Georgia are going to be right there. Yep. We'll see what happens with Oklahoma as they transition in the SEC eventually. You know, Ohio State and Michigan, uh, Harbaugh has taken that next step. He's over the hump. So it looks like those two are going to be good in the Big Ten. Right. Notre Dame should should still be okay. I, I think they could still compete for nine, ten-plus wins, even with the new yep. code. But it'd be nice to get some other teams in the mix. Just Oh, I, I agree. Region. That's what's making the playoffs this year. Yeah, Miami, having USC and Miami being good again would be really fun for college football. It would be. It did. It bring us back to, like I said, the late nineties or two thousands. And yeah, I mean, you, you go, that, that, those were fun times. Yeah. When USC was rolling there with Pete Carroll and Leinert and Bush, I mean, that, you, you didn't miss them. And then, you know, obviously, you know, and they went out and played, you know, they always played Notre Dame and Notre Dame's always good. You know, I mean, that, those games that Bush push was, I mean, I remember that just like nothing, you know, I mean, just, it's like yesterday. Freddie Quinn and, yeah, first Leinert and Bush, and that was that was a hell of a game. Yeah, those those were fun times, and hopefully we can kind of get back to that a little bit. 
like I said, if all three could get good, that that'd be great. But at least two of the three, I'm fingers crossed. Yeah, that I mean, and you can make an can argument that, that yeah, that 2005 Texas USC Rose Bowls, one of the best college football games ever. I mean that. I think it has to be the best, the best ever. I mean, all the celebrities on the sidelines, Snoop Dogg, uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Will Ferrell, whoever else was. Well, and then it just happened to be in the Rose Bowl too, where it wouldn't have, you know, where Texas normally isn't in the Rose Bowl, you know, just because right. of the the BCS and, and the playoffs and and all that. Well, it's BCS then, but you know that that game would have never happened before the BCS because Texas would have, you know, been in the Cotton Bowl. And you, you would have had a split national championship, just like Michigan and Nebraska in the late nineties, you know, just cause those teams don't play. Uh, cause USC would have played the big 10 champ and Texas would have went to the cotton bowl or orange bowl. I mean, that would have been what just happened, but kind speaking of, uh, of that, uh, that list thing, what real quick, you're speaking of that list. It might've been one that you saw earlier. I might've been looking at a different one, but they were talking about a 12 or 14 team playoff. This one, this little projection, it had Michigan versus Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and I, I don't know how many teams, but could you imagine that? I mean, that that's a massive rivalry anyway. But imagine if those two teams played in the Rose Bowl, that would well, just that'd be, be that'd be unbelievable. That's what would make the playoff fun if they expand it. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's why we need to expand it. I mean, that that would be an insane scene. All the yellow versus all the red in the stands. I I just he's kind of froze there. Um, I know uh, he's having a little bit of internet issues. Kind of go to the next, our next uh, thing that here. Like, that would be crazy. That... Absolutely. Um, but just kind of our next are the bowl games. Um, it's kind of funny. The whole state of Iowa is going to be going to Orlando. Um, actually, I kind of looked into tickets. I, you know, obviously as a season ticket holder, I got an email. Hey, do you want tickets forever? Um, but the issue is flying down there. It's like a thousand dollars or more, and and the flight times stink. Really? Um, yeah, I mean it, it's crazy, and and I kind of looked at uh, going down like the twenty eighth, and then coming back the second. You know, kind of being able to go to both. I mean, you know, if you're going to be there for a few days, go to both games or whatever. Uh, but it just you know, and Orlando would be nuts. I, I would never touch Disney around the holidays just because it's crazy and stuff. Uh, and yeah, I am going. No, no way. And I am going to, I am going there in February. So I'm already going down to Orlando uh, in a couple months. So I don't think I'm going to make it. Um, you, you don't want want them to keep dropping, but I would really like to see Iowa State go to the Liberty Bowl there in Memphis because I probably would have went to that one, drive down there, go to the game, and then come back. We kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago. It, just a lot easier to get to. Because Orlando, I, I've driven to Orlando, and it's just a long old drive. I mean, I, I like driving. I know you do, too. Uh, just control a lot more than on a flight and stuff. It's a long one, though. But 24 hours is a long. And really what the issue is, isn't even the drive. It's just that's another two or three days you have to put on your vacation that just with the travel. Yeah, but, I mean, depending if you got someone who can split the drive with, you also have hotels. So yeah, Orlando is, I don't know. I, I'm, I agree with you that I, I can't see myself going down for either team. It's too expensive down there. And both teams have kind of had, I would say a disappointing season, still a chance to get to eight wins. They got a good opponent. They're playing Iowa. The second half of the season has been a dud kind of. So both teams have kind of lost their momentum a little bit with the fan bases. There's still be plenty of fans that go down, but you're right for the for the price that it costs to get down there. Just, I, it just doesn't seem worth it. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing is kind of funny. The Cheez It Bowl has already been uh, talking about all the bush light they have to order because Iowa State did play in this game two years ago uh, against Notre Dame. It was called the Camping World Bowl then, uh, but and and Iowa State drank them out of bush light. And so there's already been, if you get on Twitter and look at the cheese at bowl, they've been saying, we promise when we won't run out of bush light and just trying to figure out how much bush light to order. And it's a guy with all these calculations and stuff. And is it, so the cheese at bowl is playing right into it. And, and you know, you kind of said it, but if, if we were to talk, talked about this August 15th on our show here, Iowa state's playing Clemson in a bowl game. We were all signed up for that right away. 
Now, there's no way we would have thought of in the Cheez-It Bowl. It would have been You'd be thinking playoffs, or a, playoffs or a New Year's Six Bowl. We would have exactly. all signed up to play Clemson in a bowl game then. Absolutely. So, you know, as, as we talked about, Iowa State season has been very disappointing. And getting to eight wins would be good. But I think beating Clemson, if you can go out there and beat Clemson, that turns this season around a little bit. I, I, I really think that that would take a little bit of the sour taste out of your mouth if you come out and beat Clemson in the bowl game. Yes, it's an exhibition. Yes, it really doesn't matter. But like you said, Clemson's still 9-3. and three. They've won seven of eight games. They have the second-ranked scoring defense in the country still. You know, Georgia's the number one team. They only lost to Georgia 10-3. to three. You know, they lost, you know, a game to NC State, and then they lost by real close, and then lost to Pitt real close. Well, Pitt was the ACC champion. So, yes, they weren't the best team in the ACC this year for the first time in seven years. But they lost to the champion. They lost to the number four team in the country, three team in the country, and then they lost one other game close. I mean, so they're close. I mean, they're not – everybody's saying, well, Clemson isn't – well, nine and three is still really, really good. It's just they didn't win 12 games and aren't in the playoff like they have been for the last six years. (laughs) Well, yeah, the expectations are a little too high. And, yeah, that's a good team. And I I was talking with some people last night, Iowa State fan, and just said, you know – if I would, I was taking win that game, it'd be a good way to send those seniors off. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, you look at the last three bowl games, they played Notre Dame, played Oregon, and played Clemson. That's that's really good. I mean, that's three of the 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 top, you know, it's, it's kind of kind of weird how two of them have new coaches now or will have new coaches because and their coaches left on their own accord. You know, it wasn't like they were doing bad. Uh, but that's, you know, Notre Dame, obviously, you can make an argument. That's the best name in college football. Oregon is one of the best names in college football in the last 20 years. And then Clemson in the last 10. You know, it is probably the best team in the last 10. I mean, they got two national titles. You go, it's them and Alabama. Those are the only two even in the conversation in the last 10. It is Alabama one, but Clemson is two. And Clemson's really the only one head-to-head in the playoffs that have really beat Alabama. You know, yeah, a, couple, I mean, a couple of times Alabama hasn't made it, you know, but actually in the playoffs, it's Clemson that beats Alabama and really nobody yeah. else. Well, Ohio State did it once, I think. Right. I don't think they did it twice. They, they did it one time with Zeke Elliott and the gang. Yep. But, no, you're right. I mean, over the last 10 years, it's it's Alabama one, Clemson two. So it, it will be a good opportunity for Iowa State. And I did want to ask you um, – going into next year, does Iowa State, are they going to have a bunch of young guys? Are they going to have a mix? Or what's what's the roster going to look like? Uh, it, it, it's a it's a mix. It's it's younger, uh, but, a, but a lot more what you would call talented, you know, because the recruiting classes are better. I mean, as, as of right now, if the recruit, recruiting class stays together, you know, start, starting next week when they sign, it's a top 25 recruiting class. It'll be the rest, best recruiting class in Iowa State history. Um, two or three, four stars and a whole bunch of uh, three stars. And, you know, just guys that haven't, you know, there's been two receivers transfer. Well, that's because there's a couple young guys, one freshman, this Jalen Noel came in and played over all of them. Kind of like Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce did at Iowa. Well, mm-hmm. the young guys came in and played because they're better, um, you know, and for as good as Purdy has been, and he's still the quarterback, that Hunter Deckers is a lot bigger and has an absolute cannon for an arm. So there's some people that were saying he might actually be better. Now there's no way you can sit Purdy um, with what he's done and his year this year. If you look at the numbers, he actually, this year was actually unbelievable. I mean, he threw almost 70% completion rate, Um, you know, actually turnovers were down a little bit from last year. Um, He had a, he was second team all conference uh, to the Spencer Sanders, but you can make an argument. He probably should have been first team, but I think being seven and five really hurt him. But, you know, Brees Hall, you know, obviously player of the year in the big 12 uh, probably is going to win the Doak Walker. It's really between him and the Michigan state running back. It's coin flip. Who's going to win that. 
Charlie Kolar right. should win the Mackey, the tight end award. He was unanimous uh, tight first team on tight end. Kind of funny. Chase Allen is now a four times second team all conference player. Three times right behind his teammates. <laughs> right. And he'll probably he there's a chance he gets drafted, you know, in those later rounds. I, I think he, he's gonna have a chance to play for a long time. He he's, he really can do anything. He's not the receiver, uh, but he can block and be kind of an H back, fullback type player. Uh and then he can't looking make, for that. Yeah, I mean I, I do think Chase Allen will play uh in the NFL for quite a few years, as long as injury, you know, obviously if an injury happens, he's not gonna be a an all pro or anything that can overcome some injuries and stuff like that. He gets hurt. He's just going to be done. Uh, and Charlie Kohler is going to be able to play. Sounds like, a guy that, sounds like a guy that belongs on the Patriots as we're watching oh, absolutely. the night game here. Sort of. Yeah. You know, Charlie <laughs> Kohler, smart player, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's super smart mechanical engineer major. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. You know, and, and you can say he's a coach's kid, you know, Terry Allen's kid. So those guys know that he's going to know football, live football. That's really all he knows is the football life. So that helps. I mean, having a coach's kid on your team, mm-hmm. you know they know what it takes. And then, uh, but yeah, and then Brees Hall, I mean, you know, running backs just don't get picked, but he's going to be the first or second running back taken. So we're, you're talking end of the first, beginning of the second, at worst third round. For, for Brees Hall. It just kind of depends on who wants him and how bad they really want him. But yeah, if, the, if he had, if he had these the stats ran like this 10 years ago, he'd been a first round draft pick. Oh, no doubt. And for him, the combine is going to be huge. Just 40 time vertical jump. Some of that three cone stuff. It, it's going to be massive for him because he could, he could be picked anywhere from around 20 in the first round mm-hmm. to early in the third. Now it'll depend because, you know, obviously things have changed over the years. Running backs do still get selected in the first round. It's just a lot tougher these days. Yeah. And it, it just depends as a team need one. And do they look at him as a, as a true first round type talent or maybe a second round, mm-hmm. but he's going within those first three rounds. So right. he's going to, he's going to be a high draft choice, make a lot of money and have a chance to have a really good NFL career, depending where he goes. Maybe the, uh, maybe the giants take him at the, beginning of the third round if he's there to replace Saquon because yeah I mean that's a Saquon seems to be not the same player but that we don't need to get sidetracked too much on that it's just one of those possibilities oh absolutely you know kind of just you know Iowa State uh it's December 29th in the afternoon uh, against Clemson there in Orlando and then you know kind of an ironic twist of fate the Iowa Hawkeyes are also in Orlando in the same stadium uh, three days later, there on the first the Citrus Bowl against Kentucky, um, you know, obviously, you know, Iowa State again probably gets the better game. You know, probably more people will watch that. And like they said, with with all the talent that Clemson still has, I mean, you know, they have all the talent in the world. And then Iowa State has several NFL guys. There's besides the playoff games and a couple of the New Year's Six, there's going to be as many NFL scouts at, at Iowa State Clemson's game as anywhere. Um, just because of the talent there that is going to be on that field. And it'll be interesting to see who acts like they want to be here. Cause that's a big thing in bowl games, especially now who all plays, you know, if people are sitting out, um, you know, Brees Hall is going to have a decision to make for Iowa state. I really think he's the only one that has a big decision to make. I think everybody else should play. Uh, I probably don't think he should, but Everything that's coming out of Iowa State, he wants to. But sometimes you have to save people from themselves. You know, if he gets feedback where he's a first round, you know, some teams really are looking at him in the first round. He needs to not play. That's just the reality of it. I don't like it, but that's the reality, and he probably shouldn't play. I'm sure Clemson has – I have no idea, but I'm sure Clemson has some guys that get drafted relatively high. So they might have some guys sit too. Um, so that's what you really, that's what's tough about betting on these games so early is you don't know right now, you don't know who's playing and who's not playing. But getting right there, there will be a lot of info scouts in the game. That's going to be a big one. Clemson, obviously, 
sorry, yeah, my internet here at the hotel is cutting out just a little bit, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. right. There will be a lot of scouts at that Iowa State, and and then, yeah, a few days later, I was going to play Kentucky. Kentucky's having a, a really good season by their standards, and if I'm just being honest, right now I'm not excited for that game because mm-hmm. the the season's kind of just the second half of the season is it is what it is. We know what how it's gone, but come January 1st, you know, you wake up on New Year's Day. I will be excited that day for the game. And I did look at the spread. Kentucky's a two and a half point favorite. I think Iowa can win that game. Oh, yeah. that's that, that's the type of team matchup they can win. And also, I saw that Clemson was a one and a half point favorite over Iowa State. So yep. both those lines seem about right. I mean, they're they're predicting both those games are going to be really close ones, probably. So I, I'll be excited on on New Year's Day. You wake up uh, if I'm in Oski, you know, most people probably go up to the Elks or mm-hmm. they do the whole little thing and. I'll be excited that day, but right now it's just like, ugh, uh, not that excited. But when the day comes, I will be. Oh, absolutely. You, you always January first. I mean, and it's not near as as many as it used to be. And I understand the reasons for it, but I remember waking up on January first in sweats, going downstairs, and literally sitting in front of the TV from about ten o'clock all the way until the sugar and orange bowl were done late that night. And I wouldn't move. I, I mean, I truly just get yep. food. And, go to the bathroom. I mean, when I was a kid, I was one of my favorite days of the year because you start with the the Gator and the Outback Bowl early in the mornings in Florida. And then we always had the Rose Bowl at four o'clock and then the Sugar and the Orange Bowl were always at, at night and you could go between the two or three channels. Uh, now, you, heaven forbid, you have two games going on at once, you know, so you got to spread them all out. Yeah. New Year's Day is a fun one, and really that December about 28th, 29th mm-hmm. through the New Year's Day, and then, of course, the playoffs. Those are really all the good games, and, you know, Notre Dame is going to play Okie State. I think Baylor's got Ole Miss. Is that right? Yeah. The New Year's Six and Michigan State Pitt. So there's going to be some good games. Um, looking forward to it. Should be a good, you know, four, five, six-day stretch there of, of bowl games where we'll get some good ones, and, and hopefully Iowa State, Clemson, and Iowa, Kentucky are both both good games and hopefully both win. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so just the city of Orlando is going to have a lot of Iowa, Iowa people in there. Um, and hopefully they have enough bush light for everybody to drink down there. Yeah. As you mentioned, they're going to, they're going to need a lot of it. <laughs> maybe a couple, maybe get some people from Iowa to bring it down. I think that's illegal, but you know, no one's, <laughs> no one's going to say anything. No one's going to argue with that. <laughs> no, um, kind of, you know, just kind of move on. This is kind of Cyhawk week uh, yesterday. Uh, was the Iowa Iowa State wrestling match? Iowa wins twenty two to eleven. You know, closer than, and I'll be the first to admit I really don't know wrestling. I know Iowa's not wrestling all their guys. I, I watched a couple matches, then I watched Yellowstone. That's how much I really don't care about wrestling. <laughs> and uh, but a little bit of brouhaha at the end. I don't know who started it. I don't know what all happened, but pushing and shoving. But those guys don't like each other. And, and that, to me, is a little weird. Um, I don't know if there's a, a history there with the brands and dresser. Um, but all the Hawkeye, all the Iowa State coaches all wrestled at Iowa. I mean, I, so I don't know. Uh, but Metcalf was John at somebody, um, you know, and, and he's one of the better Hawkeye wrestlers that wrestled there. So I don't, I don't know if they all give – them a hard time because they went to Iowa State or or what all the background is but they really don't like each other and it was very evident yesterday Uh, but I think you know Iowa State is getting better Um, I I think that it I I went to one of those matches a couple years ago the only match that Iowa State won was a forfeit and there weren't very many that were even close a lot of the matches yesterday were close um like I said, I know like Spencer Lee's not wrestling. I don't know who else. I don't know. I know there was one big Iowa State did upset their number three guy with an unranked guy. So that's kind of a, a turning point. Uh, but tempers flared, big Cyhawk week. Wednesday night is the women's Cyhawk game. And Thursday night is the, the men's Cyhawk game. You know, looks pretty good. Iowa lost again tonight. So they do have, uh, they've lost two in a row, but to number one Purdue, then Illinois is a, a pretty good team. Iowa State's undefeated, very surprising. So it should be a really good game. I know it's sold out. Uh, Hilton College team sold out. 
again, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to watch that. My daughter has a choir concert that night, uh, her, her Christmas choir concert. So uh, actually, Zach <laughs> asked me if I wanted to go. And if I didn't have that going on, I probably would have. Well, you got the... Uh... The good news, you got the cell phone, so you can you can glance oh, yeah. down the score every now and then. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what time it's. The choir concert starts at seven thirty, so hopefully the game doesn't start till eight. But I don't know if it. I don't know what time. That'd it be does. good. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, speaking of wrestling and basketball, obviously I, I said this last week and probably in the past. I mean, I those are two sports I don't pay quite as much attention to. Right. But uh, you know, yeah, with Iowa and Iowa State wrestling, I'm sure you know, like you said, a lot of those guys wrestled Iowa. They go to Iowa State. There's probably that just in general. And then wrestlers are just, they're just crazy. Oh, yeah. They're insane. Uh, so that, that probably feeds into a little bit of that chirping. Um, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I heard a little bit. And then, you know, going into basketball, obviously, like you said, Iowa State is probably the surprise of the season, it sounds like, for college basketball, or at least one of them yeah. at this point. And then Iowa, I mean, I just looked at the record just a little bit ago before we got started. I was curious and Obviously, they beat all the, the teams they should have. Yep. And as they've entered Big Ten play, they they played two pretty good teams and and now lost both. So uh, they still have a chance to have a good season. But yeah, it's good. Should be a pretty big game on Thursday. It sounds like with both Iowa State being undefeated, and I think Iowa will be seven and two or something like that. Yeah, I mean they got two losses. They lost to Purdue and then Illinois tonight. So they got two losses. And Iowa State's eight and zero. Eight and over seven and two or whatever it is. But yep, two pretty good records. So. Uh, it's a big game and uh, should be a fun one. I, I'm actually going to be out in uh, Boise, Idaho with some customers. And one of my customers is always asking how Iowa and Iowa State sports are doing since I've been out there. So we'll well, probably there you, go. You, can, you can turn it on for him and show him. Yep, because we got a full day of presentations and then we're going out afterwards, a bunch of us. So we'll we'll probably try to get that game on the TV if, if we can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's really, you know, basketball, that's one thing that, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to talk football because, you know, especially we do our once a week show because basketball, there, there's two games, usually a, a week. Um, so things change a lot. And it's just hard to it's hard to preview two games when you don't know how the one's going to go, you know. Um, but, you know, we'll do the best we can over the next uh, couple of weeks. But obviously we're, we're football centered. So we'll still talk. You got to get uh, Zach and Tassel on for the basketball. And I know. Time. But we'll, we'll do we'll do about five minutes every every uh, episode or so. Um, let's let's go to the NFL, Trev. Uh, your picks. Uh, how'd you do this week? Well, I got I got one pending right now because I, yep. I did pick the Patriots plus three, and they're my upset pick, so they're up by one right now. So that's pending. We'll we'll get that added into next week because we're yep. not going to be on until until that's over. So I was two and one last week pending this game for the force from 40, 36 and one on the year, four games above 500. So that I'm pretty happy about that upset pick. I do have the past tonight, so we'll see how that goes. I'm six and five on the year. And then looking at next week, I'm going to take the Steelers plus three and a half on Thursday night at the Vikings. I feel like the Vikings are maybe fading a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the story of the NFL really was Detroit winning that, uh, yeah, game. and good for Detroit to finally get a win. Yep. You, you don't want teams to go winless. And then, you know, Dan Campbell with a, a real deal, uh, talking about that yeah. Oxford-Michigan situation and, and just horrible, but doing a great job of honoring the best that they can, doing what they can do to help. Dan Campbell, yeah, it was a really good press conference by him. Uh, I, I was impressed by that. That's I'm glad you brought that up because he, he immediately went into that. It wasn't about them winning. It was about what happened, so. I think that's what good leadership does. Now, does that make him a great coach long-term? I don't know. But it was a good moment, the right moment for that. So, uh, good for the Lions. And I don't know. I, I feel like the Steelers, Big Ben, there's these stories coming out that he knows this is it, his last season there in Pittsburgh. And he played a pretty good game against the Ravens. So, I feel like this might be one last hoorah for Big Ben, Tomlin. So, I'm going to take the Steelers plus three and a half. I think they can hang with the Vikings. I'm going to take football team plus four and a half at home versus Dallas. I do think Dallas probably wins a game, but I'm just going to take the the home team at four and a half just because I think that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know, but right. that's basically my my theory on it. <laughs> uh, the last three games I got, I'm going to take Raiders plus nine and a half on the road at Chiefs. The Raiders are a tricky team. Uh, they, they pull some upsets off and they they really compete some weeks. 
even with all the drama that they've had. And the Chiefs aren't, they're not completely right. There's there's something right. a little off the Chiefs. The defense is playing better, but the offense is, I don't know, something's not exactly where it needs I, to I be. I watched some of that game last night and like Tyreek Hill dropping passes and mm-hmm. Mahomes just, you know, maybe not hitting them quite in stride. I mean, it's, I, I think they still should have been caught. Right. Just not, like you said, they're just off a step. Yeah. And that's, nobody goes through the NFL for, 10, 15, 20 years without a down season. I mean, Brady's had them, Rodgers, right. all the greats have. So I'm going to take the Raiders plus nine and a half. Uh, the one favorite I am going to take, and typically I wouldn't do this, I'm going to take the Packers minus 12 and a half over the Bears. I feel like the Packers are coming off of bye week, and I yeah. feel like this is the end of Matt Nagy era. Oh, I, I agree. Um, that, that's one that uh, it's going to be a huge money line, but you know, the Bears against the Packers with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback is about as safe as bet as you can make in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the point spread makes it so you don't know, but if you just money line it, yes, you're going to put a lot of money down to win, win some, but it's about as safe of money as you can have. Yeah. You can bet a hundred dollars and get about four in return or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just feel like the Bears have so many injuries max out Robinson, a lot of their key guys. I think, I think it's out that Nagy's going to be gone. The Packers are coming off a bye. The Packers know they have to keep up with the Cardinals. And I think, I think the Packers might put on the bears. Normally I would not take a 12 and a half point favorite. Oh, that's tough. That's a huge spread in the NFL. But this week I'm going to, and then my last, my last pick of the week, which will be my upset pick too. I'm going to take the Rams plus three at the Cardinals. And I'm going to have the Rams upsetting the Cardinals on the road. I think, McVeigh, Stafford, they've had a they've had two or three embarrassments on prime time. Yeah, I think they know they they need to put a, a complete game together, and they're they're probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're eight and four, so I think we assume that they're in. But it's time for the Rams to step up their game. Darnold, Stafford, and McVeigh, those guys, I think they kind of realize that it's it's time to really put one together. So. I'm going to take the Rams plus three and them to upset the Cardinals. That's my. It's upset. not a bad play. I mean, it's I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Cardinals are kind of they got two losses on the year, mm-hmm. and so I mean it's yeah. I mean they're they're probably going to lose one more game or so. So this maybe one, one you know just maybe two and just wind. I just it feel down. like the Rams like this is it. They they need to really put a complete game together or they're probably going to be wanted on the playoffs, which they might be anyway, but right. that's my, uh, that's my theory on all that. As far as MVP, to me, it's two guys. Now it's Brady and Jonathan Taylor. Brady's a front runner, Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to put second. Yeah. Um, if Jonathan Taylor wants to win the MVP or they're going to have to probably go undefeated the rest of the way, he's probably going to have to have about 800 total yards receiving and rushing and about 10 to plus touchdowns to catch Brady, but it's, it's probably Brady's, you know, with Rogers sitting there. I, I was reading the thing today. Brady has more touchdowns or is accounted for more touchdowns than like half the league has. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Brady's to lose. So, uh, and then top five teams. I mean, I got Packers at one still. I know when we talked last week, I had the Patriots at two. Right. They win this game. They're going to stay at two. If they lose, I'll drop them down a couple spots, but. Yeah. Josh Allen just had a big run there. Yeah, he did. He's a hell of an athlete. Um, so my top five, I, you know, I'm going to keep them there. I'll, I guess I'll put the Cardinals at three, Bucks at four, and then the fifth team, like I said last week, I had the Bills. I guess if they lose, maybe maybe the Chiefs or Dallas come in, but right. I'll have a more complete next week. Um, been on a pretty good run. Uh, Logan Thomas, our tight end, appears he might be out for the year. Yep. I, think that I just saw on the screen there. I think he tore his ACL. Okay. I know they were checking for it. And then the Ravens, their, their best corner, Marlon Humphrey, uh, peck tear. So he's out for the year and they, they've been decimated by injuries. So the Ravens are trending the wrong way. And if we, uh, I didn't know if you had any NFL topics you wanted to get into. Not really. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Uh, Tyler had a basketball okay. tournament Sunday. So I didn't really watch. If we look at the, the playoff standings as of right now, I mean, there's nine minutes left in this game tonight, but 
New England, or if we're talking in a, or AFC playoffs, New England, Tennessee, Baltimore, Kansas City, and probably Buffalo. I, I assume those are all in. I think two would agree. Yep. And then the next two wild card spots, the Chargers and the Bengals. The Chargers obviously beat the Bengals this past week, so they have the head-to-head matchup there. But you look the next uh, the next five teams or six teams, I should say, Pittsburgh's there. The Colts. I, I think the Colts are a team to watch out. If they get in, I think they could pull an upset. Vegas, Cleveland, and Denver and Miami. Um, you know, it, that's a wide open race there for that final wild card spot. I'd say the NFC is a little bit more a uh, little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. I think not as many teams. Arizona's one. Green Bay's two. Tampa three. Dallas four, the Rams are five. And I think the Rams are they're eight and four. Yeah. I think, I think worst case scenario, they go two and three down the stretch. Worst case, which will put them at 10 wins. So I think they get in. And then to me, it's really only about three teams for those final two wild card spots. Right now, Washington and San Francisco are both in, with Philly being the first team out. But all those teams, divisional games, that's all going to get played here the last few weeks. Right. So yeah, and I don't, I don't see Minnesota, Carolina, Atlanta, or the Saints. I think their seasons are probably done. That's my gut feeling on it. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I just don't see the Saints change, turning it around. Um, is, is Winston able to come back anytime soon, or is no? I, I believe he's done till next year. Okay. So Atlanta, you know, Ridley's out now. Well, he's been out for a while, but. They seem to be done. Carolina, they obviously fired Joe Brady. <laughs> uh, Cam gave him a little spark, and then he's faded. Uh, Sam Darnold is looking like a, you know, probably a, a bust, obviously, at this point. Right. And the Vikings are without Dalvin Cook. So the, the Eagles, 49ers, and the football team, <laughs> those and, – and Dallas better watch out because Dallas has to play – I think they have to play Washington twice – and Philly I, I believe so. So Dallas better be ready because that division could change in a hurry. Now, I, I think Dallas wins a division. But Washington's starting to hit their stride, and so is Philly. So Dallas better be – they better have their A game ready or they could uh, they could find themselves from looking like a Super Bowl contender to even fighting for a playoff spot. My gut feeling is, though, is they do win the division. Yeah, I mean, they are they look like the best team. But like we talked about a little bit last week, you know, the Washington football team, they won again. And Heineke got them, drove them down there and, and allowed them to get that field goal. He's just nothing flashy, nothing. He just does enough and makes good winning plays. Yeah, I think you asked me last weekend if, if I thought he was a legit starter or what. And I think I said my, my feeling was is probably a low-end starter, high-end backup. But. I don't know. I'd like to see another 10 to 15 games out of him. I yeah. mean, it's, there's something there with him. He's got some, he's got a little bit of magic to him, whatever you want to call it. What happened here in this pass? We got the, uh, yeah, we got a sack. He felt, he kind of fell down, got back up, and then got sacked. Okay. We held on the ball. That's good. <laughs> <I'm trying now. laughs> yeah. It's like I had the uh, Patriots plus three here, didn't I? In this one. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, that normally normally we don't go on Monday nights, but for this week we had to. So we'll see. Uh, let's let's stay on here at least for this kick. This is t- well, I well, it's third. I think it's coming third down coming up. I I think I might be ahead of you then. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I said <laughs> I'm just getting third and goal here. I stream it, so I probably am behind. I so, I typically do stream, but I'm I'm sitting in front of a. So they, they are going to kick it. I suppose it's just too far away, but. That's a place where, especially with the weather and everything, you don't know how many times you're going to get down there, and a field goal is just not automatic uh, with this weather. Yep, Tyler, uh, I guess you already know I'm ahead of you. So, yeah, they're going to attempt a 33-yard field goal here on fourth. It's fourth and goal, so, yeah, right. the field goal is probably the correct call. Yeah, because if, if they don't have that sack and they're at the five-yard line, I think that's a heck of a decision Right. with the weather. You just don't know if you can get back down there. And he missed it. That's wind took, the wind took it to the right. It, it looked good initially, but the wind the wind took it. So uh, the Patriots. Yeah, look, look at, I mean, I'm just they're just setting up for it now where I'm at. And that upright is just swinging like. <laughs> yeah, that's with this wind. I, I mean, I don't know. If you, very rarely do kickers have to 
practice or even oh, kicking yeah. wins. So it's uh, yeah, the Patriots. I mean, time's ticking. This is a tough weather game. So you know, you think the Bills will probably get the ball back at least once, maybe twice, and they're going to have to they're going to have to make something happen in a hurry here because time is running out. I mean, that's just where just looking at that wind, and I don't know where it was aiming, but. I just think, don't you have to just aim at that left upright and then let it bring it back? Just kind of like well, a golf. Pat McAfee's talked about that before, too. Uh, so when when you have wind like this, too, you almost there's part of you that wants to kick a low liner, right? But the problem with that is it's easier to get blocked, right? He he brought it up to talking about uh, was it Justin Tucker that made that the career long earlier this year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. the NFL record long, I should say. He was talking about how everyone's like, oh, you got to kick a low line drive. And he was saying, no, you actually have to get the ball in the air a little bit. Yeah. Because if you if you kick a liner, it's actually going to start dropping sooner or, or it won't it won't travel enough. He explained. I mean, he's he's a punter mainly, but he also did some in the NFL. Right. Well, so he's like, yeah, everyone, you have to kick a low liner, but that's not actually true. You have to get the ball in the air somewhat. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, but I just think and looking at that, it was just a straight up crosswind. You just aim at that left upright and let the, you know, unless you hit a hook all the time, which I don't, it didn't look like he did, um, you know, and then you just let it bring it back. But kind of like golf. That was a thirty-three yarder. So that that one feels like more one where you should just drill it. Hope I mean, right? Just drill it and hope it play it to the left. Drill it and hope it stays in there. But yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how this game turns out. It looks like, as of right now, I'm on the right side of it, but there's still about seven or eight minutes left to go. Oh yeah, one big play and it changes. So, yep. Well, all right. Well, thanks, uh, Trev. We're just a little bit over an hour, so it's about perfect. Um, but and again, we'll we'll get back to it next week, uh, hopefully on Wednesday. But just we never know how the schedules all work. We'll get together again next week. Yeah, we'll touch base next week, Monday, and see what day works best, and we'll uh, we'll see what type of drama we got to talk about. Oh, absolutely. We'll maybe we'll we'll probably know Oregon's coach and see uh, what all happens. Yep. All we'll right. Well, thanks a lot, Trev. Back. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Morgan the Asked For podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast on your podcast player to help spread the podcast out to bigger audiences.